Nobuaki Nagashima, a man based in Hokkaido, the northernmost prefecture of Japan, had been a member of the Japanese military for 12 years. Slowly, he noticed that his body was changing. Cataracts at the age of 25, pains in his hips at 28, skin problems on his legs at 30. At 33, he was diagnosed with Werner syndrome, a disease that caused the body to age too fast. His appearance changed noticeably. His eyebrows thinned to a few wisps, black-rimmed glasses helped with his failing eyesight, his hip joints replaced with artificial ones after arthritis, aching when he walks. The image and health of an 80-year-old, but Nagashima is just 43. His deteriorating health forced him to leave the military and undergo six surgeries, for his toes to hips to eyes, to treat aging-related ailments. In the ten years since his diagnosis, he has also lost 15 kilograms. He needs a walking stick to do a distance of over a few metres, and has a temporary job at the city hall, going to the office when his body will allow, but working from home when it doesn't. When interviewed, he recalls driving home after his diagnosis, crying to himself. When he told his parents, his mother apologised for not giving birth to a stronger person, but his father told him that if he could endure this disease, he was indeed strong, and maybe scientists would learn from him, gaining knowledge that could help others. Well, after a bit of a hiatus, welcome to Genetic Drift, the podcast where we take a deep dive into the world of genetic diseases. I'm your co-host, Anthony. And I'm Juliet. It's good to be back. I'm glad to hear. So, what do you think of this story? This one's wild. It It, it is interesting, yeah. it's. Um, I don't really know how to fully process a condition like this, I'll be honest. So, the story was of... A man who looks like he's 80 when he's 40-something. Yeah, 43, and he's got the health of someone in their 80s. That's absolutely mad. I, I can't process that. Yeah. So did you catch from the story what condition we're covering? I can't promise I actually listened that well to the story, but <laughs> you did tell me earlier it was Werner syndrome. Yeah, Werner syndrome, exactly. So tell me all about it. Okay, so in general, Werner syndrome is a condition that's characterized by dramatic, rapid appearance of features associated with normal aging. It also gets the kind of nickname of adult progeria. Progeria? Yeah, so progeria is this condition where you undergo premature aging, basically. So you start losing your hair at a young age, you start getting cataracts, your hips deteriorate, all those sort of things. But it's called adult progeria because the one of the main symptoms for this is that it doesn't start until the onset of puberty. Wait, does that mean there's a progeria that starts younger? Well, what we generally call progeria now in a clinical sense starts from birth. What? Like yeah. old babies? 
in a way, yes. Kind of like um, Benjamin Button at the beginning. All I can think about now is old babies. I don't know how to move forward from this. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll describe what the symptoms are for Werner Syndrome. So in Werner Syndrome, as I said, the uh, symptoms don't typically start until puberty. Uh, you'll, you'll see slow growth and uh, people with Werner Syndrome tend to be below average height. You'll see premature graying, uh, you'll see premature graying of hair, alopecia, which is hair loss. So there'll be early hair loss, potentially in the twenties or thirties, skin wrinkling and skin atrophy. So the skin will start becoming thinner, more brittle, and, uh, you'll start getting sores that just open up. So all these things that you expect with advanced aging, you then also can get ulceration around the ankles, which can also be associated with, uh, aging and atrophy of the gonads which can lead to loss of fertility as if you're if you're unlucky as early as your 20s so suddenly as a teenager instead of staying young and healthy for ages you just start deteriorating yeah yeah the they don't so people with werner syndrome often don't get to have that little arrogant phase a lot of teenagers have of thinking that they're invincible oh my gosh I, what strikes me is that that list of symptoms makes it sound, I don't know, not as bad. But then if I if you go Google image, um, people with Werner syndrome and just see what what the physical effects can be, like this this causes individuals who are very young to look like like they're you know eighty ninety. Yeah, it's very and difficult to adjust to. I just, it's so shocking and hard to wrap your head around. It must be so difficult for them. Yeah, and I, I obviously can't voice what the experience would be like for an individual with Werner syndrome, but I imagine that it is difficult. Um, unfortunately, it's probably one of those situations where it's difficult, but it's the card they're dealt with. So people push through and they just help with the research, just like the person in our story who were... Uh, you know, his parents or his father told him that, you know, he could probably help other people by being an example. So how do you find out if you have Werner syndrome? This is unfortunately a little disappointing. Observation of symptoms is the main way. That's it. You look yeah. at someone's symptoms and you go, okay, did this start kicking in either during or after puberty? Are these conditions that we would expect in someone noticeably older than you? then you've probably got Werner syndrome. A genetic test does exist, but it's only available as part of research studies. Why? Surely if you know what bit of the gene is messed up, anybody could find out for you, or is that not how genes work? Well, it's probably more to do with cost. So genetic screening can be expensive, and normally the way that you offset that is by volume. So that's why there are those screens readily available for common genetic conditions like cystic fibrosis. You know, every baby gets a, gets the heel prick blood test in the UK. Every baby gets the, uh, uh, gets a blood test in the US when they're born to see if they have the mutated gene for cystic fibrosis. But this condition, as we'll mention later, is a lot rarer than cystic fibrosis. And therefore, it's not worth testing everyone for it. And if you're testing people on a case-by-case -case basis, there are a small enough number of cases that it 
probably doesn't justify doing it unless you have special research funding. Okay, so you might have it. The doctors might all decide you have Werner syndrome and still not bother to get you tested. Well, they can't really. It's 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 not that they won't bother. It's that they don't have the means to get you tested. I guess I think I'm just struggling with this one because it seems. I don't know. We spend so much time talking about genetic diseases and genetic screening that in my head it was really easy. But I guess that's not quite the case. No, no, not really. And the thing is, if someone's undergoing premature aging, there could be loads of things that cause that. You know, it's not just this one gene that you'd screen for. There are, you know, there are multiple conditions that can cause some sort of, you know, stresses that would make someone look like they're aging a bit quicker. You have, you know, juvenile arthritis is a condition that people have. So there are lots of more common conditions that people would look for. And if you have to go through all the different screening processes to work out if someone has Werner, Werner syndrome, that could be very expensive. And it could also be very technically complicated if you're trying to identify, go through many, many genes or look at someone's entire genome to see what's wrong. What also strikes me is that this probably means the diagnosis process takes a really long time for individuals. Yeah, yeah, I imagine it would do. Because why would you immediately jump to Werner syndrome if, as you said, somebody presents with arthritis quite early? Sure, like, you would check for a load of other things first instead. Well, also, if these are like aging things, they, they're they not going to be like, although it's rapid aging, it's still not a, a super quick process. Uh, so the uh, person in the uh, example I gave, Nobuaki Nagashima, he uh, he developed cataracts at the age of 25. And then it took another three years for him to really start developing another condition that you would notice as being associated with Werner syndrome. And then it took another two years after that for him to develop another symptom that would be heavily associated with it. So there's also this element of not just why would a doctor expect it, but if you're getting like one thing goes wrong and then it takes a few years and something else goes wrong, why would a patient link them? Yeah, it seems really hard to diagnose. It can be, yeah, definitely. From From what I've read, it looks like it's tricky simply. <laughs> okay, so how common is this? I've never heard of it before. So globally, the prediction is that about one in every 200,000 people have Werner syndrome. Ooh, very rare. Yep. However, in Japan, it's a lot more common with one in every 20 to 40,000. So it's still pretty rare, but it's about 10 times more common in Japan compared to the rest of the world. That's quite a difference. Yeah, so this could be something like a you know a founder effect, or you know, there's a whole load of things. But from what I could find, no one knows specifically why this is more common in Japan. Interestingly, the co-director of the International Registry of Werner Syndrome, uh, George Martin, not related to the author, his his thoughts on this are that the number of cases might actually be seven times higher for global prevalence. But because of how difficult it is to diagnose, we just don't know all the cases. Really? Yeah. So it could be more common. It would still be rare. Like, you know, seven times more frequently than one in 200,000 is still rare. Still very rare, even. 
So why wouldn't, in the end, anybody figure out that the patient had the disease? Is it because, well, what's their life expectancy? The life expectancy for someone with Werner's syndrome is typically in their 50s, but this can depend quite heavily on the symptoms and what onset there are. So like depending on what processes start to degrade, will really determine someone's well-being and their life expectancy. So the, the, the problem with trying to diagnose Werner's syndrome is that there's quite a spectrum to it. Okay, well, what are kind of the really serious effects, did you say? Well, most patients with Werner's syndrome will die from a heart attack or cancer. So much like the rest of the population, it just tends to happen sooner because their body is less capable of fighting off cancers. And rarer, more aggressive cancers are more common in patients with Werner's syndrome. Why heart attacks? Because the... Uh, heart starts to degrade. If, if everything's aging, the heart is also aging, and it's aging sooner. And it just gets tired? Basically, yeah. Oh, heart, please don't get tired. Or you can end up with a condition, so a condition called arteriosclerosis. I don't know if you know what that one is. It's related okay, to heart problems. Arterio is something like artery, Correct. which moves blood Either into or out of the heart? Out. Yep. Yeah, I was right. Mm -hmm. I knew that. Mm-hmm. Sclerosis? Oh, I've heard that word before. Multiple sclerosis. Yeah. I don't know what it means. <laughs> okay, so in this situation, I, I don't really know if it's helpful with MS as the parallel, but in arteriosclerosis, the arteries start becoming less flexible and more rigid and brittle and more likely to tear and what happens is that it means that they get more um they get more like scratches and more damaged parts which means that more clots form in these areas which means eventually it can start closing up so you can get blockages so then often what happens is people can die from uh heart attacks or if they're unlucky uh ruptures of the artery okay uh, do you know if people with Werner syndrome are also more prone to early strokes? That's something I associate with old age. Um, it would make sense given everything else that is uh, degrading. Because uh, heart conditions such as the heart, heart attack are so heavily associated with aging, I would expect it to be that. What's the outlook for patients? Well, we've already discussed the life expectancy, but there is no cure for Werner syndrome. That's an important thing to note. I know that's a common thing with a lot of these genetic conditions we cover. I think every single one of them so far we've basically said there's no cure. But it's worth noting. And is this a, we've not figured out a cure yet? Or is this a, you really can't cure it because you can't reverse aging? Not that I understand how aging works. Well, you definitely couldn't undo the symptoms. You, it's theoretically possible you could stop the progression. But we'll go into that a little bit later. The current treatment options, though, are literally just managing the symptoms. So that includes things like topical treatment for ulcers, careful dietary changes, regular screenings to detect early cancer, and cataract surgery. So, so just keep going to the doctor, basically? Yeah, yeah, regular tests, keep an eye. 
it's basically the similar thing that happens to a lot of people with chronic conditions. Okay, so now can you tell me about the genetics of this? Because I have so many questions. Yeah, sure. So this is what's known as an autosomal recessive condition. Uh, can you remember which one that is? Recessive, so you need to get it from both parents. Autosomal, so it's on a non-sex-linked chromosome. Bang on. Woo! So the gene affected is a gene that's called WRN. Now, this gene produces a protein called Werner. So this was definitely named after the condition was characterized. And Werner plays an important role in copying and maintaining the structure of DNA. And its specific role is in maintaining something called telomeres. That's a word. What are they? So if you think of your chromosome, uh, when you have the two copies stuck together like that little X that you'd think of, at the ends of them are these little kind of caps. Okay. And every time that your cells multiply, the cap just gets a little bit shorter. And once it runs out, the cells stop replicating. And when your cells aren't replicating effectively anymore, that's when you start getting more of the symptoms of aging. Because you can't recover so well from injuries, because you don't have as many cells that can divide. That's how aging works? You're... In a simple way, yes. I never knew how aging actually works. So the little end caps on your chromosomes just keep getting shorter? Yep. And that happens in every single cell? That happens in every cell with the exception of stem cells, uh, your gametes, so sperm and egg, and cancer cells. And when, when does it start getting shorter? When do the telomeres start getting shorter? With every division. Let me get this straight. Every, every cell in my body has shorter telomeres than they did when I was a baby. Yes, basically. With those exceptions that I noted, yeah. Do I, do I get any new cells with nice whole telomeres? Yeah, your eggs. Oh, well, those aren't very helpful. No, they're not. <laughs> but you do have you do have stem cells that do that. So some of the ones in your bone marrow and things like that, they they all have. So it's an enzyme that's called telomerase. All it does is it rebuilds some of the telomere. Oh, okay. Sorry, I have so many questions about this aging thing. So if all the cells in my body have the telomeres getting smaller. Is that happening at the same rate, or do I have some cells that are super old and others that are babies? So it will all vary on uh, how frequently your cells divide. Some cells, some cells divide quicker than others. So your hair and skin cells, for example. And if you think about it, as you get older, what are the first things that happen? Graying and wrinkling. Oh, okay. So they go through more divisions per year. Let's just use that as a unit. So the telomeres get shorter quicker. Okay. So every time... I have to, I have to think back to how cell division works here. So when each cell divides, 
all the chromosomes duplicate. Correct. And that's when this thing gets shorter? Yes. Why? I'm not entirely sure. I think that it might be a sort of self-control mechanism because every time your DNA replicates, there's a chance that something could go wrong with the genes. And the more often that happens, the more likely it's going to form a cancer. So if you set a certain limit to how many times the DNA, DNA can replicate in a cell line, you limit the chances of it getting a cancer-causing mutation. But I thought you said elderly people are more prone to cancer. Because their cells have already gone through more divisions, they have more errors in them. Oh, because every time the cell replicates, it could pick up more errors. Yeah. And so eventually the chances of you having a cell go crazy on you are higher. Yeah, and also because they have a more aged system, they can't fight cancers as effectively either. Like, we all have cells that will at some point in our lives turn in, turn cancerous or turn into a sort of a tumour that we won't notice because our body gets rid of them before they even grow to any noticeable size. Whoa. Okay, so to recap, we have these telomeres getting smaller at the end of our chromosomes, and that's what causes aging. Yes. What did you say this condition actually did again? <laughs> so the protein Werner helps in protecting those telomeres so that they don't shrink as much per division. However, in Werner syndrome, the mutation that exists causes a short, non-functional version of the protein. So then the Werner protein gets broken down, and therefore it's not able to add its protective properties to the telomeres. So the telomeres become shorter with each division compared to where they would have been. So therefore you go through that aging process quicker. Ooh, okay. Is or that, brush strokes, obviously. Is that the same thing that happens if you're showing signs of aging early from, like, stress? So if you stress the body, then you're more likely to damage processes that can protect the telomeres. So, yeah, stress can do it. Uh, alcohol abuse can do it because of the uh, chemical damage that you're doing to your cells. Smoking do definitely does it. So when we say anti-aging, we just mean save the telomeres. Well, yeah, outside of all that um, crap that you get with creams and things like that, that does not slow the aging process. I swear by retinol, I'm sticking with it. Doesn't work. I think it does. No, it doesn't. Anyway, we'll move on. So that's what the mutation is. That was a quick tour of what aging is through telomeres. And we've already discussed the prevalence, so the only thing to cover now is your least favourite part, other illnesses caused by the disease. Well, I feel like this one's just kind of a collection of other stuff anyways. Basically, yeah. I mean, cataracts, osteoporosis, type 2 diabetes, as we mentioned earlier, arteriosclerosis, which, yeah, the blockages can result in strokes. So, got the notes there to say it. <laughs> Basically being generally unwell. Yeah, you're just more vulnerable to aging-related diseases. Oh. And on that note, it's time to take a break. Great. 
And we're back. History time! Yeah, kind of. That was not the enthusiasm I was looking for. Yeah, the history on this is a bit spotty. Oh, okay. Tell me the history of Werner Syndrome. Okay, so as for any historical texts for how far this goes back, I couldn't find any. Nothing? No myths, no legends, no medical reports, no sculptures, nothing that goes back before, like, when we know it to have been in, you know, characterized by, you know, in modern history. So, it's hard to say how old this is. That's really surprising to me, because it seems like it's one that has really significant physical effects. I would have thought it made it at least into folklore. Maybe. But at the same time, if at the moment, globally, it's one in every 200,000, and a lot of you know genetic conditions have been getting more common as people survive better, this could have been extremely rare further back, and people just wouldn't have seen it enough to have reported it. What about in Japan? I couldn't find anything too specific there either. Um, Though I, I guess you don't speak Japanese, so that might have been a hindrance to your research. Yes, yes, that would have been a massive hindrance to my to, to the research there, but I wasn't able to find any texts that commented on Japanese history and Werner Syndrome. Come on, get it together. You should know all the languages, Ant. Well, it may not be reported, because a lot of Japanese history focused solely on what court life was like. Yeah, it's pretty standard for history to focus on the upper classes. But yeah, so we don't really seem to have, or at least I couldn't find, much of a written record on this condition before the 1900s. Okay, has anybody done any of the fun genetic tracing of where it came from? There are no published examples of it being attempted. It doesn't mean it hasn't been attempted, but it means that either... The findings haven't been accepted by an article and published, or that they did, the teams that have tried didn't get any findings significant enough to warrant attempting publication. It's also possible that, you know, no one has attempted at all because of the rarity of the condition. It feels like it would be so interesting to track since it, since it's so much more prevalent in one very specific location. Yeah, it definitely would be interesting. The The difficulty is that what's interesting and what can get you funding for research can be very different things. Oh. Yeah, this is where, uh, you know, issues with the uh, finances of academic research and publication come in. Well, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I'd rather not. So, yeah, there's not really much on the history besides when it was actually characterised. Well, I am deeply disappointed. The first half of this was so interesting, and now there's no history for me. It's what happens sometimes. <laughs> Fine, give me the more recent history. When did we figure out what Werner Syndrome was? Okay, so the condition that we now know as Werner Syndrome was first observed by Otto Werner in 1904, and it was part of his dissertation research. Wow. Why doesn't your dissertation get something named after you? Because my undergrad dissertation wasn't as interesting. <laughs> to be blunt there. 
But uh, but then later on, between 1934 and 1941, uh, two doctors from New York, Oppenheimer and Kugel, coined the term Werner syndrome. So this was a condition where it was named after someone, but they didn't name it after themselves. Proud of them. Yeah. Or was it just because it was in their dissertation and not when they were already an established academic? Honestly, there could be some of that. If you if you don't have any uh, power in the uh, academic sphere, you can't expect anything to be named after you, really. So this, you know, credit to these people to actually, you know, note this person's work. So although uh, Werner syndrome was first observed in detail in 1904 and it was first characterized by the 1940s it wasn't until 1966 that there was a general consensus on the mode of inheritance for this condition so before that hand people weren't certain whether or not it was autosomal recessive dominant or otherwise really i i take you back to the fact that this is a very rare condition if you don't have enough cases, how can you narrow down what form of inheritance it is? Especially because, you know, 1966, we didn't have the human, we, we hadn't characterized the human genome, and we weren't, wouldn't have done for another 40 years, really. Would it not have been really obvious if it was dominant, though? Again, if there are so few cases and they are really spread out, it can be very hard to get all that information together. Okay. Because this is, you know, this is a, Pre-genetic screening, pre-internet era. Communication's a lot harder. And getting the data from all over the globe is also a lot harder. Oh, the sad days pre-internet. Yeah, yeah. Still, it was also pre-sexting, so good and bad. You don't know what people were writing in letters. Just the image of... Alexander Hamilton writing something really filthy to a rap beat. The Reynolds pamphlet. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> anyway, we then have to jump almost another 20 years to get to the next big, uh, big development in uh, Werner syndrome research, where in 1981, uh, gen- geneticists had successfully located the WRN gene. So, we've been able to actually see the gene and, you know, identify that something wrong, something going wrong with that gene is responsible for Werner syndrome since about the 80s. Cool. So, yeah, that's the uh, <laughs> very brief history of Werner syndrome. Okay, so what have we done with that knowledge? Well, gene therapy is an option. However, there's nothing in the literature at the moment. Again, this could be due to the fact that this is a rare condition. And uh, interestingly, I did I did find through my reading that few clinical trials have been conducted for Werner syndrome. Full stop. And when you consider that. You know, for certain phases of a clinical trial, you ideally want like 200 people or something like that. The numbers are just too small. Yeah, you're going to have to use so many different institutes for probably each individual. You're going to have to use an institute that it's very unlikely. Or it could be something where, you know, 
there are clusters and families, and then that would make it easier. But it's still very difficult because getting enough people. So there have been a couple promising developments. So there's some preclinical data. So this hasn't been tested in people yet for a drug called Ever, um, Everolimus. And what this drug does is it increases a process called autophagy. This is just eating. Yeah, self-eating is what it translates to. But this is just the cell breaking down things it doesn't need within itself. It just goes nom nom nom. Yeah. And what this can do is that this can actually break down the faulty proteins being developed from this, you know, in quotes, aging process more rapidly, and that can slow the progression of the disease. Are you going to cut out my nom nom nom? Probably not. <laughs> I appreciate that you didn't even react to my nom 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 sound. I know you. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's the main thing when it comes to the actual research. There's not that much. No, there isn't. I wonder if it would be something that people might research to better understand aging. Maybe. Feels like that might be an avenue for interesting research. I just think it's so fascinating. Yeah. The the only thing is that there are other proteins that are involved in that telomere maintenance. So there's a few of them. So it could also be that people are, are exploring avenues, but they just haven't bothered with that particular one. Ah. Uh, things are much simpler when I only know of one tiny bit of the thing. Yeah. And then it's an absolute headache when you start finding out more of it. Okay. So I guess let's move on to... Thinking about how we can destigmatize this one. Yeah, so from what I could find, there were no common misconceptions, probably because there's absolutely nothing common about this condition. So it's really hard to say what kind of stigmas there are. I think the general one is, again, it's about like, you know, being careful with your comments on based on people's aesthetics or their looks, because someone might have graying hair. And, you know, some people, especially when, like, a child or a teenager has grey hair, they might think that's quite funny. And teenagers are incredibly cruel. So, you have, I think people just need to be aware that some of these things can be because of health problems that are not really controllable. So... If you see someone who is in their teens, they have grey hair, or they have, you know, they, they seem to have wrinkles, you know, just don't comment on those things. It's not your place to talk about it. In general, be a nice person. Just try not to judge people on their looks. And if it's something about someone else's body, probably shut your mouth. Yeah, and if, if anybody has any more information on this particular condition you know tweet us or email us it would be so interesting to hear more are you just trying to work out on a new beauty cream <laughs> no and on that note we're at the end of the episode <laughs> well now i'm worried do i need to go like i'm developing wrinkles <laughs> you're fine just drink less caffeine caffeine's not giving me wrinkles
Caffeine increases your cortisol levels, and cortisol can help speed up aging. But caffeine... Yeah, I didn't think that was going to change anything. But anyway, so I've got a bit of reading for the end of this episode. Okay. Uh, it's just where I got my... Um, where I got the example from. It's called The Man Who Is Aging Too Fast by Erika Hayasaki. And you can find this on the website mosaicscience.com. I didn't bother linking any clinical papers to this because I think this condition is just... Once you start going to the actual genetics and the processes of aging, it can become quite a headache for people. But if you do want to find it, just like start off with like Wikipedia of what Werner syndrome is, find some articles that it references that you're interested in, and go from there. Sounds sensible. So if you enjoyed this episode, let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us an email at geneticdriftpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us with any comments, thoughts, suggestions at geneticdrift1. Yep, and also you can join us on our Facebook group if you want to get involved in the conversation too. And on that note... The music for this podcast, as with every other episode, is produced by William Kitchener Music, so please check that out. And otherwise, just need to say, withhold your judgment, because you can't see the genes, so don't expect to see the illness. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.